This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sky Blues Extra. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. Dean in the hot seat this evening alongside Dave and Matt. Good evening, chaps. Evening, Dean. Good to have you along with me. Just before we crack on with tonight's pod, I want to give a big mention to our, our sponsors at Shortland Horn. I know we mention them every week, but I think it's time we give them a nice little plug. So if you are in the market for a new property, or looking to sell your own, then really look no further than Shortland Horn, who offer a professional and affordable service. Check them out, shortland-horn.co.uk. Okay, chaps, let's get into it then. Let's get into the thick of the pod. Just the one game, obviously, to discuss this week, but it feels like there's quite a lot to talk about and quite a bit to to digest. Dave, let's start with you. Uh, What were your thoughts on yesterday's performance, or, or lack of it, shall we say? Yeah, I think, you know, I've pretty much calmed down now. and uh, It's a long way to Swansea, boy. It is. And, you know, long way there, especially a long way back after a, a loss. But look, we've had a tremendous season. We can't forget how well we've done this season. But I've said it before and I'll say it again. The lads have set those levels themselves and they've made it so, you know, they've had such a great season that they've set the bar so high that, fans are ultimately are going to continue to be expectation you know of the levels to go up and up and up because that's just what football fans are like and I don't think there's anything wrong with that and yesterday it was well well short of of the levels they've set for themselves and I think every single player if they came on the pod or you know spoke in the press or in the media or on social media would would agree they'd say that the levels that they achieved yesterday were, were well well short of what they they know they can do and I think that's the frustration for me that we know they can play so well um, and they didn't show it against a team that really are very very good but are, are struggling in the league yes they've had some 
you know, performance isn't turned around, but they have struggled in the league and there's reasons for that. And we saw glimpses of the reasons for that yeah. yesterday. They, you know, they were give the ball away in, in the wrong places um, like we did, but that, you know, you could see, and, and obviously teams, other sides in the championship have capitalized on that. And, and that's why they've punished them. But, but we couldn't do that yesterday. Do you not feel like it's been that way since probably the turn of the new year though? We haven't really hit those same sort of standards that we set ourselves early in the season. A hundred percent. It's, I don't know what it is. The squad's thin. Um, it's been a relentless calendar, hasn't it? It's, there's no let up at all, but I, you know, I tweeted yesterday. I don't think we've had a great performance and I mean, great, you know, define great uh, since Southampton. And then, and then even before that, I think you'd have to go a long way back to see that. Probably fall on, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That fast, free-flowing, attacking, exciting football that we we really did hit off the season doing in, in at the CBS, and it was so exciting and so great to watch. And we punished teams because we were just so deadly at, at going forward with pace and attacking, and that seems to have stopped. And I, I guess it's probably down to. Um, minutes and and you know the squad and and just a, a really really tired squad and I think it's for everyone everyone's the same other teams are but you know we know that the teams like Swansea they've got money let's be honest they have um, even when you look at some some other squads they've got that depth and they've got that rotation and that's just something that we're not able to do uh, and we've been also really really unlucky with with injuries so you know it's not doom and gloom it's it's a fantastic season it's a shame that we have haven't got the squad and the numbers to to keep those levels as high as we've shown because I really do think that one we're good enough to be in the playoffs and and we've shown it at times um it, it's just a few little things lacking but we're not we're not far away absolutely I don't want this this pod to be all doom and gloom Matt so I'm going to ask you what's made you smile this week if anything it feels like a lot of pressure <laughs> uh, are we are we specifically talking Coventry City here or yeah yeah uh, unless something really remarkable has happened in your own life which you want to tell <laughs> the world I mean maybe not Coventry City specific to the club but some of the feedback we got off the pod last week in terms of uh, somebody's pronunciation of, of Matson was was quite entertaining I did uh, <laughs> I did think about that while we were uh, going through the pod last week it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's made me smile seeing some of that feedback but yeah on the pitch unfortunately not not too much to smile about yesterday but yeah I'd agree with what Dave said to be honest with you it's um it we do have to kind of keep it in mind in terms of how far we've come this season and um we are going to have bad performances we do seem to go into meltdown a little bit as a fan base now if we have one slightly off performance and you do have to kind of bear in mind at certain points we're gonna we're gonna have those off weeks and kind of going back to what you mentioned about since the turn of the year we we probably haven't had loads of really bad performances like maybe yesterday was, but yeah, we we haven't had too many standout ones either. So, um, so I, th- I think the season as a whole, maybe not so much the performance this week, but the, the performance as a whole this season, we've still got to keep that in mind and, and keep somewhat of a smile on our face at the same. Matt, obviously dialing in from a, a locked fridge or a locked submarine or something this evening, uh, but yeah, that's making me smile. I think. I, I, I point to today, you know, I think the thing that's made me smile this week is that today marks the fifth anniversary of, of Robbins returning to the club. I think most of us thought it was going to be a tough task for him when he took us over in that dismal season of relegation in, to League Two. But incredible journey it's been, boys, hasn't it, in that five years? It's absolutely it amazing, isn't it? And he's the 10th longest serving manager now in, in league football in, in Britain. 
Simon. He's got a long way to go to to get Simon Weaver uh, at Harrogate. He's been there for for twelve years. So, if everybody could just raise a toast to the king, a huge thank you to the gaffer over the over these past five years, and obviously here's to to the next five as well. Right, that's the praise done. Uh, for Mark Robbins, so now we can tear into his starting lineup and, and substitutions. It's a fickle game, this management business. Day three changes for the Sky Blues. Fads Bidwell and Allen brought back into the side at the expense of Hyam, Waghorn, and O'Hare, which pretty much came at no surprise after that abuse he took last week. Yeah, exactly. Hyam in the away end, um, which was lovely to see. Did he have um, a pie? Did you have a pie with him? No, I didn't. No. Did you have um, a pie yesterday? That's that's. I, I did say hello to him as I as I walked out of the interestingly no urinals but just sort of single cubicles which is really? the first yeah it was a bit like that's a, a cough fan's dream yeah it was yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah it was that was so yeah a little nod um, and, a, and a hello it's good to see him in the away end um, and hopefully he's back um, you know it sounds like not too serious for him so hope he, hope he's back i think he got a bang on the head or something wasn't it or in yeah. training or something um but no more news on o'hare which is worrying ahead um and we didn't really know why he was out but it, presumably it is of you know the mounting up of kicks that he's taken this season um and yeah you know fads naturally would have had to have come in um Jamie Allen i think is a fair one i think Robbins likes that box and that one up front away from home. Um, and I'm sure we'll come on to it. But interestingly, I don't think that really worked yesterday. Um, but yeah, Alan and Bidwell, you know, again, natural as, as Matson pushed into that, that cam roll. Let's, let's, let's talk about that box then, because obviously I think Carmo O'Hare is absolutely pivotal to, to that actually working and make no mistake about it, Matt, he was a huge loss yesterday, wasn't he? Up the top end of the pitch. Was yeah, it worked so well away at Bristol City, and I was quite excited whenever we got to see it again in terms of kind of Matson and, and O'Hare supporting Jokerez most likely, obviously in that lone striker role. So you just, as a fan base, again we do kind of find ways to criticise players, and I know we're all behind Callum O'Hare, but with the issues that maybe he has in terms of kind of finding the back of the net, he is somebody that you will get um, a little bit of stick, but I think yesterday was a good example of what else he can bring in terms of kind of his ability to beat a man. We struggle when he's not in the team to, to kind of take players on. We don't really have too many of the players who are going to have that level of creativity. So um, it is difficult for us when he's out, out of the team because he brings something that's really different to, to anybody else that we have in the squad, unfortunately. Just trying to find the tweet that showed how many fouls um, he's received this year. 92. 92 fouls against Callum O'Hare. What Second would that be li- for an average typical player? <sighs> Who knows, but I mean, if you look at the... <laughs> Come on, Dean, if you're going to tell us 92. <laughs> well, if you look at the rest of the, the rest of the list, Lewis O'Brien's 73, so okay. he's, he's already 19 ahead of him. Yeah. And then the rest are in, are in the 60s. You know, the likes of Chris Willock and Isaiah, Isaiah Jones, you know, the, these are the same types of players that Callum O'Hare is, so... Yeah, it's ridiculous. Ninety-two. You know, he just, you know, he, he takes so much attention from the opposition players, and that gives space to everybody else. And I think well, that is pivotal to how we play. We try to pick up those little little pockets of space, don't we? Yeah, and Alan isn't that sort of player, is he? No, um, not at all. Or Matson, give, for that fact, he will give you that. 
you know, hurry and that press and he'll make himself a bit of a nuisance. But he very rarely gets an assist, for example, and, and gets himself into those positions, um, like you say, which will either take players away and, and be marked by two players and leave Jokerez or someone like that free or, yeah, go alone and do do something himself and set up set up a goal. So I think that is, yeah, it was a major, major loss yesterday. And, it, and really, I think a lot of people felt the same when when they didn't see his name on the on the sheet i think we said i thought our press yesterday was at sixes and sevens at times we you know we were in weird like not cohesion lines and one was 10 yards ahead of the rest and it was just weird it was too many gaps appearing and when you play a team like swansea you've got really good ball players they'll punish you they're too clever grimes patterson perot they find space all the time with ease let's not make it easy for them right yeah exactly Carry on, Matt. No, just going to say, I think it's so important in a game against a team like Swansea to get in front, to be honest with you, because they will look to hold the ball. We said last week in the uh, podcast, they, they've upped their average amount of passes per game by kind of 33% or something like that. It's up near 600. I think something that stood out last week in the Preston game, we had something like half of that. Um, and they will hold, hold the ball. You know, the manager, Russell Martin, is very stuck to his philosophy in terms of they want to hold the ball, they want to kind of hold possession and pass the ball around. If we struggle, if we're going to press and get caught out, then we're going to be chasing the game. They can hold the ball, then we're going to we're going to find there's going to be gaps. We're going to have moments where possibly we're going to give the ball away and, and obviously see what happens. So, But if you can, the converse is kind of true, if you can get a goal ahead of them, they're really going to struggle in terms of we can then kind of set up our lines and make it really difficult for us to break down. Um, especially when you're away from home, you know, you kind of cling on to that away goal and taking the, taking the lead and just make it difficult to break down. So more than probably most teams that will play this season, I think they're one of the, the sides where you say that first goal is really pivotal and obviously they've got that after 12 minutes. So it really sets us up for a, a tricky game. Let's talk about those goals then. The first one, obviously, it's fair to say Swansea probably started the brighter of the two teams. Uh, it was a really well-worked goal, to be fair to them. Uh, found the feet of who else? Jamie Patterson, and he dispatched Corley to, to give the, the home side the lead, which for me was the absolute nap of the day, wasn't it? You know, it was, it was always going to happen. Always going to happen, yeah. The, the massive fan that he is, apparently. But, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a poor start from us, you could see. Um, they're one of those teams that is very hit and miss from. They, they've won a lot of games, they've lost a lot of games. And, obviously, they're, they're down towards the bottom half of the table for a reason. If you can get in front against them, I think you're going to have a good opportunity to um, pick up the points. But yeah, they started brightly. The press really wasn't working for us. To be fair, it's a really good goal. Out of the three goals, it's probably the one where you'd, you'd think um, there is not so much blame on us because it's really sharp passing. Obviously, break down the left. Um, nice touch from Martins, who obviously looked uh, a really good striker, not for just his goals, but obviously for the the assist as well and it's well taken to be fair not one that you can really put too much blame on more for it's going to be a difficult one to, to save even if he's got a clear look at it but it's one of those moments where it goes through McFaz Dean's legs and it just makes it that much kind of more tricky for him to be able to react he's got to kind of obviously um well he, he's reacting a little bit later than he normally would so um good goal disappointing goal and then a little bit might be towards the fact of kind of negative cop fans in general, but I always thought we were going to be struggling from that point when we went one down, unfortunately. Negative cop fans? I don't believe that. 
not for not for one second. I have to say there was a wry little smile from myself as sixty five pound hit my bet three six five account after after he did score and that what goal. Did you get on that? Uh, it was I had it as part of a double. Um, I had him and bookings as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was six point five to, to one. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the second goal then, Dave. Um, it was too easy for them, wasn't it? Get the ball over the top, the whole midfield and. Obafemi, as as Matt's already spoke about, he burst through and slots at home. Yeah, I think we talked about the press, which was really non-existent. Um, and we just allowed Swansea to ping balls into areas. And how, I don't know how many times I saw it, but McFadseen was one for one with a man. It was just too many times. When you've got, I know you've got five at the back and two of them are bombing on all of the time, so they're not going to be tucking round. But between... Clark Salter and McFadstein, someone's got to drop in there. Um, and it was just far too easy. We were, we were just letting them at will ping balls behind. And that's if you remember what we got undone by Luton. You know, they were just pinging balls into areas. Um, and it didn't matter that M- Mark Robbins boxed out the midfield yesterday and had that extra player in there because they were just bypassing it. And when we knew that was happening after 15, 20 minutes, we should have just changed it and pushed someone up top and gone two up top and pressed high yeah. and, and been able to stop those balls from being pinged in. But we didn't. And yeah, how, you know, someone's able to run past three players pretty much and, and be, be through, um, I think there's some grumbles on Twitter about the goalkeeping here. I, I think really, if it's got that far down the pitch, that easy, I think the last person you can be pointing a finger at yeah. is probably the goalkeeper, to be honest. Um, and, you know, to be fair to him, he kind of just, he, he sort of spread himself and then reacted and it went underneath. Uh, you, you know, it's, it's, it's very, very difficult. Um, and, and really a striker should, from that position should be scoring. Um, and if I'm honest, I know we'll talk about it, but the, the last was no different, the last goal. Absolutely. Uh, we did have that golden opportunity today for, for Big Vic after what was the first Swansea mistake I thought at the back. Uh, first time we got that press right in shape and numbers. But he's got to do better there, hasn't he? Yeah, it's the kind of opportunity I think he will get from Swansea if he can press them, because obviously they are trying to hold the ball there. They're not just going to launch it. They're going to try and play out of defence. And there, are, there is going to be that opportunity to kind of force them into mistakes. I think we saw a couple later on in the game as well. And um, it's one of those moments for Giocarez. It's unfortunate because obviously at that time, if we can score not long before half time going at 2-1, it does change the game. And it kind of brings us back in with a, a chance in the second half. If we can come out strong early in the second half again. But um, we can talk about technique. We can talk about what he should have, shouldn't have done different in, in that moment. He should do better. He should score. It's one of those situations you actually probably do expect Jokeres to score in because he is quite solid when he gets you know half a half a chance really. So it's just one of those moments. Unfortunately, as important a moment as it had been in the game, he just leaves it a little bit too late. I think and allows the keeper to the keeper does well. I think in fairness to him, he comes out really sharply and um, doesn't give him too much time to react and bother point he kind of is settled enough to take the shot he um he's you know i think a couple of yards away and it makes it really difficult for Gokres to slide it past him so i think maybe if he would just reacted a bit quicker got a shot off a bit quicker it would have been his best opportunity to, to score but um yeah i guess we can forgive him that because it's not a technical thing for him he, he generally will stick those away i think matty's garden scores that doesn't he 
Probably, but I think they're quite similar, you know. I, I think Godin and Giocarez, in those situations, I generally expect both of them to find the back of the net. So, yeah, probably, but I, I, just one of those moments. All strikers are going to have those kind of opportunities and, and probably, um, you know, they go wanting for whatever reason. He could take it a little bit earlier, but it's not... I don't know, I, I think the keeper does really well. You kind of think it's not as if he's waiting for ages to take the shot, but you just think if it had taken it a little bit earlier... Um, so yeah, I think they're quite similar in that. You think if they get good chances where they go clean through, most of the time they're putting them in the, in the back of the net. It's why they're both above kind of ten goals for the season. So, um, but yeah, maybe he does. <laughs> and to be fair, it does happen to all strikers. I mean, Mitrovic had two chances exactly the same yesterday, and he scored thirty-four goals for this season. So it does happen to the absolute best of them. Um, so we were 2-0 down, half-time. Um, Dave, I'm sure the chap would have probably been to keep the ball better, keep the shape, and then all of a sudden it's undone three, uh, three minutes later, 3-0 down. Sheaf losing it again, cheaply in midfield. Um, obviously a lovely ball from Grimes and Oberfemi's pace, didn't even need to get out of second gear versus Fads. And he slots it past more. Yeah, a lot, lot of things wrong with this. You know, one, like you say, just keep it solid. We did need to get on the ball more because that's the way that we, we play. Um, but we looked really from the off yesterday. We just looked under pressure. Um, when the balls went out wide, we just looked like we just didn't have as much time as we normally did. And that that's all credit to Swansea. They've got some quick players up top and they were they were having that press. This obviously came from the midfield and, you know, Sheaf, I really hope this game doesn't affect him because he's come on leaps and bounds in the last couple of weeks. But he was a bit of a shadow of his, his former self again. And, and it, it, it sort of, to me, it took him back to some of his early performances or those performances last year where he just, that's decision-making. Sometimes he rushes it and, you know, he could have been held onto it more. He could have, um, you know, been brought down or, or pressed or, or even gone backwards, but um, he didn't. He tried to force it and sometimes there's the sort of mistakes that he makes in the wrong areas. And I think a lot of that becomes because when you've got O'Hare and you've got Allen, they're doing a lot of the press in front of him and therefore he's got more time. So when he's looked really good this season is when he's intercepted. Um, but yesterday, Hamer almost didn't, but was kind of, he has a bit of a free role. And that leaves Sheaf really as the main defensive midfielder. And I think that puts him under quite a lot of pressure. You know, it puts his first touch under pressure, which isn't always the best. It puts his decision-making under pressure. Um, He's great when he can see the game coming onto him and ahead of him and, and coming onto the ball. I think sometimes when things are going on around him a, a bit quick and and the press is is when he struggles. And yeah, Fads, you know, it was it just goes to show, doesn't it, what a, what a quick centre back could could help or what could do because it looked like he was in quicksand. Bless him, it really did. Like he was he was, it was like the travelator in Gladiators, wasn't it? <laughs> when, when you used to get like two people and one of them would whiz up there and you found out that they're a former 100 metre runner and, and the other guy's just, you know, your local guy down the pub. It That's how it felt. And um, yeah, he just sped past him. And, you know, Moore was kind of in no man's land. What do you do there? You you come and you na- make the, the angle narrow or do you stay on your line? I think if he stayed on his line and, and then come, he probably would have gone past him. Then you're looking at bringing him down or, you, you know, it was and it was a tidy finish as well. So, you know, once you're in that position again, all of the all of the sort of, you know, all of the momentum's with the striker. Um, it felt like really slow motion, finish. didn't it? 
Once that ball had been played through, just like everything was in slow motion, it was like a scene out the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but with the Matrix, you can just restart the game, Dean. Unfortunately, uh, you couldn't. <laughs> you couldn't in this scenario. No, I think there was a, would have been a few pills taken after after this one. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, I want to talk about Ben Chief actually because it's it's good you brought him up because he missed uh, the game against Bristol a few weeks ago, and it seems to be seems to me that when he misses a game it takes him three or four games to get back to his natural self is that is that does that appear the same to you he's he's a very he's a confidence player clearly um and... he hasn't really got into it the last couple of games i don't think i don't think swansea was like a one-off i think the last few games he's he hasn't been at his best no he, he hasn't but i i do think there's a lot especially when you lost that that press of o'hare and and Matt Matson, I don't know. I just feel like yesterday he was a bit out on his own. If I'm honest, um, you know, not so much hung out to dry, but it, he didn't have a lot of support around. Yeah, Hamer was well, well, well ahead of him, wasn't he? Yeah, or, also at times much deeper because Hamer was trying to make things happen, and he almost was playing like a frustrated, you know, schoolboy. Really, wasn't he? That he was just trying to do everything and make it work and. Sometimes when you do that, you do everything wrong as well. And a lot of his touches didn't really come off yesterday. Although I would say, you know, he still looked for me the, one of the best players on the pitch, um, even at his at his like a mediocre self. Really, he still I think was head and shoulders above anyone in our team. Um, yeah. And you know his his class shows, which is you know is is worrying coming into the summer. But yeah, um, I think Sheaf just. It's that decision making. Look, he's still young and he's still um, going to make mistakes like that. And you know, he's not an old head. Uh, you know, a wise head, isn't he? On on young shoulders, he do, he does show his immaturity at times, and that's you know what you get with Kelly, for example. But at the same time, you, you very rarely get the sort of balls and that position in the final third that Sheaf has started to show into his game as well from from Kelly. So, you know, you, you get a bit of a, a bit mixed bag well Matt let's move on to to the substitutions or lack of them um, Robin's probably showing his stubbornness again he waited 15 minutes before making any changes after that third goal went in um, it needed a spark I felt straight away and it, it really wasn't forthcoming it's probably one of those things with Matt Robbins it's probably the the only sort of negative to to him is how he can change a game yeah you see it talked about a lot now and you do kind of it is a frustration when you start getting into the 75th minute onwards and you're thinking we still haven't made a substitute but I guess almost a little bit of the balance there is the fact that we scored so many late goals as well so I guess in general you kind of think you know maybe um, we have to give him the benefit of the doubt for that and many reasons over the last kind of five years as well but yeah in this one in particular I I, I tend to agree I just think um, you know you'd think there would have been a case for making substitutes at half time even but especially when they scored that third goal you think you know um you think realistically just just make some substitutes now we need to kind of inject something into this game and certainly not wait another 15 minutes i don't know as well i'd be interested to see what you think in general because i I think he's a very practical manager and i almost think that the substitutes he made yesterday in some of these comments after the game I, i think he almost um he doesn't you know, sometimes, majority of the time, obviously, what's best for the club is what we can do in the game in the moment. But I think when you get a game like that where we're 3-0 down, I almost think, he think he's thinking more what's best for the club 
overall here against what's best for this game. And why I mentioned that is because he's talking about getting minutes in the legs for, for players rather than maybe what can best impact this game where we are right now. So I almost think, you know, his, his substitutes yesterday were, look, nobody's going to argue with the bringing Matt Godden off on if he's available because he's obviously, uh, you know, he, he's right up there for us. But Wacon in particular, I know there's going to be a lot of talk around. Um, I just think it just seemed like such an odd decision. And when he was talking about after the game, he's saying he wasn't very well and you know, talking about getting more minutes in his legs and everything else. He's just thinking it doesn't seem like the best option for the game yesterday. Um, against some other people who are on the bench who have been heavily talked about in the last few weeks. I'm sure we all know when we're talking about that. Yeah, let's let's look back at some of those comments Mark made. He said, elsewhere, Godden and Waghorn came on and they needed some minutes in their legs. Waghorn has been ill all night and he's been sick in the dressing room just. My question is, if he's been sick, what is the point of him going on that pitch? You've got Tavares there who... Yeah, OK, you know, he's he's not the finished article. Of course he's not, but he's just scored a wonder goal last week. His confidence must be sky high. We're 3-0 down. What? And he's not puking his guts up. In and the he's bin. not puking <laughs> his guts up yet. There's no sweet corn over the pitch in, in this case. He's He's got to be, he's got to, he's got to be given a, a chance, hasn't he? Yeah, I thought he'd have, after last week, he'd have certainly got more minutes. And I almost think the fact that we've gone through, you know, 3-0 down has gone against him. I think if it had been a closer game either way, you know, level or 1-0 to us or maybe 1 or 2 to them, he probably would have got the opportunity to, to get more minutes. But this is what I mean. I think almost that practicality comes into him. He probably still thinks, whilst Wagon uh, is certainly not flavour of the month at the minute, he's probably still got some more impact to have for the rest of the season. So he's thinking about what he can do. But it feels a really odd decision. I, I completely agree. If he's if he's puking his guts up and he's obviously struggling for form anyway, you know those two things don't really mix very well when you've got a 21 year old who scored a wonder goal, used to say the week week before. So, yeah, struggling with that one to be honest with you. I, you know, I always try and look at it and think even if I don't agree with a decision from Mark Robbins, I try and and I give him the benefit of the doubt that he obviously knows more than I do. But it's, I'm still really struggling, I guess, to find that point in in this decision in particular. And to be fair, I mean, Waghorn, you know, he's, he's had his critics, of course, but I, I didn't think he do, did too badly yesterday. He obviously had that really guilt-edge chance towards the end of the, the end of the uh, end of the match, but he's got to at least hit the target, hasn't he? He's got a free header. It's probably the best bit of play from from us all game, Matt. Yeah, it was. It was disappointing. One of the things with Waghorn, and I'm sure this is probably what um, Robin sees from week in week out. Obviously, he's played at this level for a long time now. I don't think you can almost say that chances. The stereotypical thing would be to say confidence. He's a striker out of form. He's not got any goals. So he's struggling. He went out and bought him as well, didn't he? You know, the pressure on a manager to go out and buy him. And probably one of our more high-profile signatures as well. And high-paid. Well, that's the uh, that's the last bit, and you know we've all been there, right? On Championship Manager, and it sounds ridiculous to say we've all been there getting fifteen grand a week. But we've we've all been there when we've signed a player on even Champ Manager on a bloody computer game, right? And you go, I, I, you know, you sort of stick, you know, you're stubborn, aren't you? And you say I brought this person in because they were going to score a bucket for the goals, and they're not happening. And you put someone in from the under twenty threes in a cup game, and they go and 
put a hat full and straight away the week after the senior squad members back in isn't it because it's it's egg on the face if not you know he's got to he he's got to get get it turned around isn't it yeah, you. I, I bet you bought Freddie Adu on every single season of uh, Championship <laughs> Manager. West. Back. West. That's good. Take going back some. There was a there was another player. Was it uh, Freddie? Yeah, Thierry Henry was the other player. Oh, yeah. When you uh, conveniently managed a couple of different squads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can cheat your way through it. I always don't had you down as a bit of a cheater, if I'm honest. <laughs> I could tell. I could tell from there. Uh, from our chats. Um, one of the other strikers, though, obviously, we've been missing for, for quite a while, seven weeks now it's been. Matty Godden, um, he was back in the thick of it, wasn't it? Uh, wasn't he on his return? That's a huge bonus, Dave, as we as we come to the business end. Yeah, 100%. And once he came on the pitch, he had that press and even, you know, a, a reduced uh, match fitness, he, he, he actually made things happen. He hurried Swansea a lot more and... That's why there was such an argument to go two up the top, maybe even from the start, or at least 15 minutes when you saw that they weren't bothered about winning the midfield battle because they were going to avoid that. Um, so it, it's a it's a huge, huge bonus. And I think Tuesday night he's got to start for me. Yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, bring someone off after 60 minutes. And when people say you can hardly play a half, that's not true. 45 minutes, 15 minute break in between, go out and do another 10 and then that's you, you know, you, you, your game's done and you've done what you can and that's it. But I'd rather start with someone and bring them off after 60 than be, you know, looking at them to make an impact within the last 15 minutes. And um, it's great that Gordon's back. We're going to need him. Um, and I think he showed yesterday that, you know, I know his strike was, was blocked or whatever, but he showed that he makes things happen in the box and, and yeah, that's what we need. Eagerness and willingness of not there to, to do the right thing. I thought it just a bit more hurried. Just we just felt like we had a bit more oomph when he came yeah. onto the pitch for sure. Hundred percent, and it and it gave you know Swansea another headache to to sort of think about, which they'd had it such an easy ride really before that. So more to come from the talisman. Uh, I feel over the next couple of weeks, uh, Dave, you did get the chance to celebrate a goal though, a late consolation from from Gus Hamer, and I think the good thing about this goal is that the sort of the calm and composed finish he showed, which hasn't been the case for, for a lot of this season. Yeah, exactly. And look, Waggon was going to pull the trigger, wasn't he? It kind of got a bounce behind him or whatever. But then the ball to Hamer, I know it's a really easy pass, but to pick him out and not rush in that situation was good. And I think, you know, he needs to be, you know, credited with that, um, you know, because he did spot Hamer's run. And, and Hamer, yeah, cool, calm and incredible finish and, and we're going to need to see more of them really because goals are have dried up and are drying up and we're going to need people in the midfield to continue to chip in and what's that is that his fifth or sixth or something in, in of the season fifth Maybe. goal yeah I think it is yeah um, and, and you know he's starting to, to get into those positions and you know he probably could have had more this season actually um, so a great finish um, from him and yeah, you know, a bit of kudos to, to Waghorn, um, which, you know, for me, it is an interesting prospect now for, for Mark Robbins. Um, you've got a couple of players now that Options. have come in, a um, couple of players that have come in and they've got, you know, they've got another 12 months left after this. You've got Bidwell that's come in on, on decent money. You've got Waghorn that's come in on decent money. It's going to be very difficult to Mark Robbins in the summer to go to, to Joy and say, you know, write me a blank check 
um, because she'll say, well, what's that 15 odd grand a week or whatever it is, you know, and I'm not going to rumour, but uh, that we're spending uh, here and what's the, the other thousands a week that we're spending there and, and what's happened to those players. And, and if they're not in the squad, like a lot of people um, on social media are asking them not to be, <laughs> then then I don't know, you know, that's a difficult conversation for, for Mark Robbins to have, isn't it? Absolutely. And each goal from Hamer, I think, adds another million to the, to the price tag. So the more the merrier from Gus. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Todd Kane yesterday as well. I thought he played really well. Um, that was one of his better games over the last couple of weeks. I don't know what you guys thought. He's been coming in to get some criticism. Or maybe not. Maybe he hasn't had a good game. If you're, if you're going to stay silent. No, it's, uh, <laughs> one of his better, one of, was one of his better games the last kind of two months, I'd say. Obviously, he had a, a pretty rip-roaring start for us and then has struggled when you mentioned that last week because obviously he'd um, particularly struggled in the Bristol City game and his uh, deliveries had kind of not been to the level that we've seen from him in earlier weeks. So, yeah, it's good to see him coming back into some form because I don't, again, I think we talked about it a few times. I think he's the kind of player who wants to feel ingrained into a club and that's where you're going to get the best performances from him. So, um, yeah, hopefully take a little bit of the pressure off. You might see other people kind of fall on their sword a little bit. But, um, yeah, from not the best performance, he's probably one of the, the better performances for sure. I think he's been taking inspiration from his Instagram posts. I don't know if you've seen those this week from from him. They're a bit lively, aren't they? He's he's an incredible man. Um, so the more the more the merrier from Todd. If that you know that helps him get better performances, then you know keep posting those old dad links. That's what I I would say. Uh, right, boys, man of the matches. So let's start with you, Matt. Yeah, ah, struggle really. I mean, I probably would have to say Todd Kane for me was the best of a poor bunch, to be honest with you. We saw a little bit of the signs of what we'd seen when he first came into the club, you know, two, three months ago. So, yeah, not much to choose from there. Um, and I would also kind of back up what Dave said. Michael, for me, I, and I think he said as well, Michael did look decent. And he, I, I don't think there is a lack of confidence from him, you know, great uh, in terms of kind of the assist for the goal as well. So I will give him a little nod, but obviously he hasn't played for long enough or had enough of an impact to, to threat man of the match. But yeah, I probably would go for, for talking. It's just a classic Coventry scapegoat, isn't it? Why corners, you know, it's just taking the flack at the moment. It's just one of those things. Um, yeah. Dave? Uh, yeah, for me, it would have to be Hamer. Um, I just thought everything, you know, he got the goal, obviously, and any sort of good bits of play generally, again, came through him or just... Just his, you know, he was just for me head and shoulders above anyone else, even on one of his bad days. Um, I don't particularly think anyone played great, to be honest. Um, I'm not really in the camp of Todd Kane having a great game yesterday. I think he had a really, really good last 15 minutes when the game opened up and then he started to really sort of show what he'd seen, you know. But early on in the game, I think he, he struggled. Um, both wing backs, I think, really struggled. Um, and yeah agreed on Waghorn, you know, good assist, but we've got to see more from, from that sort of striker. But then if he is ill, um, you kind of have a bit of sympathy really, because we've all done it on a Sunday morning with a hangover with a belly full of tequila. And it's probably very similar. I would imagine, I don't know, but a sickness bug is probably, you know, giving me flashbacks to that sort of stuff. And I've, yeah, definitely uh, been close to hurling up on a pitch. Uh, so yeah, sympathies with, with um, Wagon on that. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. 
Before we move on to next week's fixtures, I want to take a little break to give a shout out to an important new initiative that the club are getting involved with, and that is Her Game 2. Now, if you haven't heard about it, then listen up. It's a fantastic new initiative that ensures that football at all levels is inclusive, as well as, of course, raising awareness of sexism within the beautiful game. Earlier this week, we spoke to Laura Hartley, who is Coventry City's official ambassador for Her Game 2, and asked her to share some more information on the organisation and how Skyblue fans can get involved. Her Game 2 is a campaign against sexism in football. Unfortunately, despite the fact that it being the 21st century, us as female fans are still experiencing sexist chants and discrimination purely just by attending a football match. And there is a group of around 12 female football fans who, I guess, around about a year ago just decided to take action and try to make some change. And since then, Her Game 2 now has more than 100 partnerships with clubs right from the bottom in grassroots all the way up to the Premier League, which is incredible. It, it just shows the amount of support that we have as women to want to be included, to feel inclusive and to be able to go to a football match without fear, without feeling intimidated, without feeling that we might be called names, derogatory names and without having misogynistic comments thrown at us just because we're attending a football match. And this is still happening. It happened at Swansea when there were sexist chants happening and targeting um, a female fan um, from our side. And it just makes me really sad that it's still happening now. Um, but that's why I'm here. That's why all the other ambassadors and the founders of Her Game 2 are also working with clubs. Um, so I've only been the ambassador for Coventry City for around three, three or four weeks now. Um, but since then, we, we held a female-only fans forum, um, which was incredible. And that was attended by people from the club as well, including Dave Body. And it was really good to have him there to show his support and to show how much the club are supporting this as well, which means a lot. And they really are taking it seriously. And it is amazing to have them on board and to have them having our backs, basically, and showing how serious this is and that this there needs to be changed. There really does. Um, so at the moment, um, we will be holding another fans, female fans forum. Um, we don't have a date set yet, but that is one of the main ways that people can get involved. Um, so female fans that, that kind of want to raise some issues um, that they might have experienced or seen, witnessed on match days, both home and away. Um, you know, that's where they can voice their opinions. And in the meantime, there is an anonymous number that they can call directly to the club. So the club have that set up already. Um, they will be displaying that on the scoreboard um, at home games. And it's also found on their website as well. So people really need to bear that in mind. Um but it's really exciting to be holding these events like um, the Her Game 2 dedicated matching. It's Luton on, on Tuesday the 8th. So what will be happening for that um, is the players will be warming up in Her Game 2 t-shirts. 
and we'll be having pictures of female fans um, displayed on the scoreboard um, all through half time. Um, we've got a female dedicated programme and there's also the match sponsor XL Motors whose workforce is actually 21% um, is, is made up of females which is incredible for a male dominated industry like that. It's traditionally male, it's traditionally you know so male dominated and that's an incredible number so they'll be sharing their stories as well and it's it's just incredible to raise this awareness that females are in, so included in football, whether they're playing, whether they're a supporter, whether they want to be a pundit. We want to be included without having names thrown at us and derogatory comments. And it's so important that we come together as a group and support each other for that. Um, so for the time being, people can get me on social media. Um, so I am on Twitter. Um, my handle is laurahartley03 so people can reach out to me um, that's absolutely not a problem um, if they want to make it more official then they can also report it to the club as well um, but this is incredibly important that we all stick together and we come together and we support our club as one Really good insight there from Laura and we urge all fans to get involved and engage by following the Her Game 2 social channels just search at her game too. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Right then, chaps, let's move on. Let's look ahead. Uh, a very interesting few weeks for the Sky Blues coming up. Three home games on the spin, which could prove pivotal in our push for those playoff spots, especially against fellow playoff chasing teams as well. First up, Luton Town on Tuesday evening. Dave, I hate to bring up the pass, but... We kind of owe these uh, this slot one, don't we, after that drubbing early in the season? Yeah, we do. And like I said earlier, actually, Swansea it, as a game had a very similar feeling to that. So uh, probably doesn't bode well for Tuesday night and one that I'm really, really struggling to sort of... I'm d arguing myself of whether I should go or not. It's, um, you know, it's a long journey on a Tuesday night. It's probably a 1 a.m., um, by the time I get back into bed, um, and I'm I'm worried about this one. Um, we certainly we certainly owe them uh, something, but um, yeah, they they didn't do well on the weekend, but they have done well in recent weeks, and you know they're there and thereabouts for a reason. And um, I must admit, yeah, we do, but I'm a little bit concerned with perhaps O'Hare out again. We don't know. Um, I, I think it's going to be another tough game. Luton seems to me like a team that sort of gets really good results away from home. I'm not, not sure if you've sort of noticed that. I mean, they, they beat, actually beat Swansea early in February um, at Swansea 1-0. So we've got to be uh, on there, on our toes, that's sure. Matt, what, what's your expectations ahead of this one? Tricky game, I, I would have to agree. And obviously, we've seen that first time this season with the reverse fixture earlier on. So it is a tricky game. One thing I would say for, from our side of things, you know, just over the two years now since we've returned to the championship, we always do see a reaction when we've probably needed one. And it has been two. You know, we've got a point, obviously, from Preston late on, but it wasn't the best performance, let's be honest. And obviously yesterday wasn't particularly great either. So one thing that has stood out for us over the kind of period of time since we've returned to the championship has been that reaction that we've seen that Mark Robbins will, will galvanise from his players. So 
Um, yeah, on, pay, on paper, it is a tricky game. Obviously, as Dave says, they, they did struggle at the weekend, but they'd won three, I think, before that. So, obviously, they're in form. They're in the playoff mix still. But, um, yeah, I don't know. what Maybe a little bit more optimistic than Dave sounded for this one. I think we, uh, I think we, we'll, we might sneak it more on a wing and a prayer on the, on the face of the fact that we, we generally do see a reaction. Yeah, that's actually a good point you make. Um, that's probably not something that we've sort of installed over the last few years is is the reaction but it seems to be like this season we've 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 had that in in abundance so hopefully we do show that uh dave you mentioned bringing in matty godden um how else would you approach this one yeah i'd have to go two up top um i'd love to think that o'hare's fit and if he is then he'd obviously have to feature as well um but yeah, for me, two up tops an absolute necessity. Um, anything other than that, I think would just wouldn't really. To, to be honest, it doesn't look like we'd be positive enough. Um, and this this isn't, you know, I think must win games are, are, are really talked about. I whenever I have to do a piece for Sky, I always call them a must win game. But that Ooh, that, that tends to be because you know you want to try and make it all sound a bit more exciting than than perhaps a clash at home with Preston is, um, for example. So, um, and this one against Luton probably isn't a must win, but it's definitely a not must, you know, must not lose. Um, yeah, especially against those fellow playoff teams. That's, yeah. that's the key, isn't it? Don't, yeah. don't a lot them, of teams are, are standing still, aren't ground they? On us, basically. A lot of other teams are standing still. Um, there's been some results the last couple of weeks that have really gone for us. And let's hope that that continues because we, we're going to need it. And all of the teams are playing each other and they seem to be drawing against each other. So, yeah, it's not not the end of the world if, if we drew. Um, but I think a loss would be... Um, I, I think we'd struggle, you know, after that, really. Absolutely. Right, let's get your predictions in then. Um, Matt, let's start with you. I'm going to say 2-1 for us. Um, I do think it's going to be a close game. I don't see us doing to them what they did to us in, earlier in the season, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, just expect to see that reaction. A lot will, as Dave mentioned, a lot will depend on kind of personnel. If Godden's going to be ready to, to go for a full 90 minutes would be huge. And obviously, as we mentioned about O'Hare as well. But, um, yeah, on the basis of what might happen there, I'm going to go 2-1. And Dave will take your one for the Tweet League too. Okay. Well, I also agree it's going to be a really, really tight game. Um, I'm going to go of nil-nil. I actually think it's going to... I think we might cancel each other out. Um, I think we're going to... I think Mark Robbins first and AD first and foremost are going to make us very hard to beat on Tuesday. I think that's going to be the most... That's going to be the message. Um, And, yeah, so I I actually think it's going to be a, a poor draw, sadly. But I think there'll be plenty of opportunities and chances. I just... I think it will be a draw, um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it one, you know, one nil either way, either. Um, but I'll go with nil nil. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra, and the big games keep coming thick and fast, and no more so than on Saturday as we entertain another fellow playoff chasing team in the form of Sheffield uh, United. Matt, let's start with a little bit of a lowdown on how Sheffield United are doing this season. Taylor two hards really this season for them. They're currently set in seventh position, just one place uh, and one point outside of the playoffs below Middlesbrough. Um, but yeah, first half of the season was absolutely dreadful. Obviously, a lot of expectations on them coming down from the Premier League, a lot of personnel changes, as you would expect. Um, I think only the 30 players leaving the club in the summer, or actually over the two windows, 
and not actually as many as you might think coming in as well to replace um, those leaving. But up until November, real struggle for them. They had Slavisa Jokanovic as manager um, and really struggled. They got 23 points over their first 19 games. At that stage, it looked like mid-table would be uh, maybe their their best option or, or where they might finish. But they obviously made a change there. Paul Heckenbottom come into the club. They actually got rid of Jokanovic off the back of a win. Um, but it, as harsh as that is, it made sense because the last 15 games they've picked up 31 points now. Only lost two games as well, which were two away days at Derby and Millwall. So, um, you know, they've really kind of pushed themselves back up there into the playoff places. But in terms of kind of personnel at the club, obviously they've had a lot of, as I mentioned, a lot of changes coming in because of the, the drop down from the Premier League. We've picked up one of those players in Simon Moore, which is obviously, you know, for a lot of it has been player of the season, but a lot of high-profile names leaving the club, like Aaron Ramsdale, Phil Jagielka, and another one, you always kind of see his name and you kind of wonder what happened over the last few years, but Jack Rodwell uh, was there last season and only made one appearance, so it showed they kind of, they've obviously had to do a lot to uh, clear the wage bill there, but names that stand out, really, Morgan Gibbs-White, on loan from Wolves, has been an absolute uh, star for them, really. Obviously, he's shown his Premier League quality and Showcase that actually in their draw on Friday night against Nottingham Forest with his assist for the opener for, for Sheffield United. It was a fantastic bit of play, great ball into the box and well taken head of the boy Billy Sharp, who's probably the other name we need to keep an eye on at the moment as well. He's uh, their most informed striker amongst a, a number of high profile strikers there as well. Obviously, they've got the likes of Ryan Brewster um, and a few others that we'll be familiar with as well. But 14 goals to his name and a lot of those come in. In the, in the second half of the season as well. So probably the main threat that they carry up front. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, obviously, nil-nil drawing the reverse fixture back in November. Again, that I think most people would say we dominated really for the first 60, 65 minutes and then had to weather a little bit of the storm later on in the game. But certainly going to be a different prospect with how they've looked over the last two, three months. I was, it's interesting because I was on an EFL debate show a couple of weeks ago with a Sheffield Giants fan and he was saying mm, they don't seem <laughs> well I've got to get one in I can't have you having all the glory mate um, <laughs> it was interesting because they said like they don't seem to blow teams away it's always they will, it just seems to be scrappy games and it's the odd goal here and there um, that's, that seems to do it for them it, they do seem to be that type of team though they keep it tight and then when they get a chance they, they tend to take them Especially over since Christmas. Yeah, I mean, you'd think they'd be more kind of along the lines of a lot of blowout games, obviously, with the fact that they've come down from the Premier League. But watching the game on Friday night on Sky, they were um, they were the, the they were the second best team in that game by a long way. Forest really should have been a couple of goals up. They obviously missed a penalty as well, and it was um, it's fairly one sided. Very lucky to get the goal, and Forest the least they deserved was getting that late equaliser. So yeah, they're not they're certainly not blowing teams away and. We saw that from the reverse fixture as well, where we were definitely the, the better team for a majority of that game, I think. And obviously they'll be coming uh, to us fresh off, a, hopefully, what will be a defeat versus Middlesbrough, or, or maybe a draw. May, that might be the best result for the Sky Blues on, on Tuesday night, as, as Sheffield's entertain at Middlesbrough at Bramwell Lane. Uh, Dave, what's your thoughts ahead of this one? It's going to be a tough one, obviously, but, um, at this stage of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree, though, with Matt. Watching them the other night, you know, Forest, I think on on the on that game were definitely the better team. 
um, and, you know, probably deserves all three points. But they, they do seem to carve chances out of nowhere. And, and Billy Sharp will score, won't he? You only have to give him a few chances and he'll, he will convert. Um, and that's what we've got to be really, really careful of. Um, yeah, not sure how that game will obviously go on Tuesday. And like you say, a draw might be more favourable than, than that. But I would expect, you know, Borough to give him a, a difficult game uh, as well. And they've obviously been playing it uh, really well lately. I just think we've got a. I think it will be a really good atmosphere. I think the, the, the Sky Blue Army will turn out for this one. Um, I know it's a bit one of the more pricier ones, I think, but um, I think it's it's one that people would have had in their diary, I think, uh, f- for a little while and wanted to visit it. And let's hope we can get a reaction Tuesday because then that will take some momentum into that game and and, and we can have really you know go at them. But I, I expect us to to be positive again. Um, we we are a better team at home definitely um and you know it's probably a bit of a blessing that we've got a couple of home games now on the bounce and let's hope that we've got some momentum going into saturday and we can we can give them a game because yeah they're not blowing teams away they're not having a a standout season they may well limp their way into the playoffs um because teams like sheffield united can do that i think you know when you look at teams around us and you think well who will be the final six you kind of go on like club clout and and mm-hmm. the sort of size and the experience and the the way that they're just able to grind out results and you know we could be up against it against Sheffield United and we've got to really bring our game and 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 you know they, they can certainly do that if we get back to the the levels that we've shown at the CBS especially in the earlier part of the season. I think if you look at us, I feel like we have to go for it now. You know, over those next three games, especially you know, no ifs, no buts, no maybes, we've got to gamble. And if you know, if we, if we dream of of being amongst amongst those playoffs, we've got to go for it now. And this feels like the time to do it. You know, our running Agreed. is incredibly tough, and I think we need to be firmly in the mix before we start, kind of hit that final stretch. And the, the, team, pl- the playoffs don't even have to be the 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 goal. I know it sounds ridiculous to say, but from Saturday, we've just got to see performances improving on a consistent basis. Um, we can't have these peaks and troughs that we, we've seen to have in the, in the last you know couple of weeks, the Cardiffs, and then a, a galvanised performance against Bristol City to then go to Swansea and, and just not really turn up. You know, we need that consistent levels because otherwise teams, like you say, in, in these playoff positions will will brush us aside because they're used to being in these these high you know high stakes games um and i i that's the only thing that i do worry about us that our performances do peak and trough and and have not been that consistent uh, of late and i think that's what we've got to get back to they're in a great position there's no reason i'm sure they're not but this team shouldn't be confident there's no reason why jokeres shouldn't be thinking that he can take on the world because he's had a really really good season um, there's no reason Matty Godden won't be thinking that we can sneak it. McFadden came out, didn't he, in the week and said about what we need to go, which, which was, you know, short-lived. Then the absolute opposite that on Saturday. Short-lived, yeah. These lads need to realise where they are and the position they're in and what chance they've got of, of reaching <laughs> greatness to then just get balls pinged over your head for 90 minutes. And, Cheers, Skipper. Yeah. Great so, talk. Yeah. If we can go back to 50% of what McFadden seems to feel that we're capable of, then, um, yeah, hopefully we can we can get some, some results in, in the run-up and, uh, and, and nick it. 
Definitely one to look forward to. Let's get some predictions then to, to wrap this pod up. Uh, let's start with, with you, Dave. Yeah, I think I'm a bit more positive about this. I think it's it's going to be goals in this game, I, I, I think, because the teams that have conceded this season, and we looked in the return fixture that we were, you know, recent in, in, in the early in the season, I thought we looked like we would, um, we could have beat them, to be honest. We had enough chances. Um, but I'm going to go for 2-1 to the Sky Blues for this one. Lovely. Matt? I'm on the reverse again, unfortunately. I'm a, I'm a little bit nervous about this one. Um, I, you know, it, a lot might depend on Tuesday night. If we can get that victory, the Sheffield United game is going to become massive because if we could beat them six points out of six going into that run of kind of games that you mentioned, it would be massive, obviously, picking off a big scalp as well in a former Premier League team. So, you know, if we can beat Luton, um, then it might change things a little bit. But I am a little bit worried, to be honest with you. I think we might just... Get, um, get sneaked out 1-0 here, unfortunately. Well, let's hope that doesn't happen. Uh, let's hope you're completely wrong about that. But uh, who knows? We'll yeah, just yeah. see. <laughs> right, that's a, it's a nice way to sort of end things for this week, chaps. Thanks for your input. Uh, enjoy the games, as as always. And a big thank you to our sponsor, Sean and Horn, obviously, for their continued support. And don't forget to get your predictions in for the Tweedy, where predictions open this week. We'll be back next week of course but in the meantime if you want to get involved with the conversation check out our social media channels and use the hashtag sky blues extra thanks for listening to the sky blues extra podcast away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.